Look, this is episode 39, a podcast called Blood and Rain. I'm your host, Arthur Dane. It is no secret that a diet high in grains and vegetables makes men docile and obedient. About a year ago, I visited the castle. During the tour, the guide stopped at the painting, where she started to describe what the painting was about. The medieval painting showed the dining room where a big feast was going on. The peasants dined together with the royals in the same hall, but not at the same table. The guide explained to us the following. The elite ate animals from nose to tail. They gave the leftovers to their dogs and the peasants were fed vegetables at the feast. I connected the dots. All over the world, when a large amount of people became enslaved, the first thing that the rulers would do would be to take the animal-based food supply away. The diet high in grains and vegetables injures the gut and damaged, and the damaged gut is associated with high serotonin levels. The thing is that serotonin is not the real feel-good chemical, as it is associated with gut inflammation. Serotonin also suppresses dopamine and testosterone production. Serotonin is also quite anti-metabolic and plays an interesting role in stress physiology. So elevated serotonin levels are related with obedience towards authority, harm avoidance, passive aggressiveness, anxiety and depression, and mental disorders and disease. Having high dopamine results in the uh, complete opposite behavior and state of mind. Animal-based nutrition is foundational for health, and history proves this clearly. And that was an eye-opening piece from today's guest. He comes from Ghent in Belgium and has spent quite a bit of time researching all the ways to enhance and optimize the chemical quantification of masculinity that is testosterone and its supporting cast of hormones. His name is Dobrynia and he's my good friend and he's my business partner on our mission to chemically, physically, mentally, spiritually, and narratively restore men. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, brother. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a long time coming. It's like uh, our, our inevitable meeting is um, <laughs> as, soon as, uh, as soon as America pops off and settles down, uh, a lot of work to be done. Um, I'm sure the listeners, uh, because many of you, many of the listeners are familiar with your work, and for those of you who are not familiar, Dobrynia has a nom de plume on Instagram called Primal Thrive. Um, so for those of the listeners who aren't familiar with your work, I'm sure they would very much like to hear your story of transformation uh, with your trip to the Amazon um, and your shifting of diet and your research and how you managed to biohack your testosterone levels to those of a professional athlete. Yeah, so um, I was kind of vegetarian slash vegan for about three years. and. It's a funny story, my wisdom teeth came out uh, and I started craving two things that was steak and butter. So I 
still had like some brain cells left. So I said, okay, this is this is it. It's not it's not the way what I'm doing right now. Uh, so I basically broke that vegetarian state with um, pork meat and then later with salmon the same day. And it felt so nourishing. So I went on yeah, eating more meat, but I still had the, um, the conviction, the mindset that meat is like, it's good, but it has to be consumed in like smaller amounts. So not like high, high quantities. Uh, so, okay, I was like back to being like eating normal omnivore, uh, but it didn't change much. Uh, so I was thinking, let's give the, let's give like the vegetarian veganism a, a final try. All right. So I went to Ecuador. I stayed there at a community uh, that plants trees, um, harvests their own fruit, etc. So we're basically living vegan there in the tropics. Um, close to the border with Brazil or Peru, I don't know, um, but like in the middle of the jungle, right? So I was eating like predominantly fruits and vegetables and I saw my physical health clearly like degenerating after a month. Uh, hair um, fell out like with heaps, um, muscle atrophy, um, like lack of endurance and strength and then also mental signs uh, came up with uh, forgetting things uh, being hesitant these kind of things so all signs of low testosterone right and also basically uh, physical and mental uh, degeneration so it didn't take too long being there uh, that i found some primal accounts and what was interesting, I was like more into the raw stuff and these guys promote uh, raw food as well, but eating everything. So also the, the meat and the, uh, the dairy and the organs. And this was very new for me to see eating, like to see people eating raw, raw meat and organs and stuff. Uh, but it made sense, right? Because we also have organs and our muscles exist from raw meat, like raw protein. So why not uh, eat like the, the same thing that we found in ourselves uh, from other animals? So yeah, after the, when uh, COVID break, broke out, uh, I went back to Belgium and basically started feasting on um, like a few things, just like meat, liver, eggs, uh, milk, honey, these kind of things. Also coffee, of course. <laughs> and um, yeah, like quite rapidly, I gained weight uh, quite a lot, gained muscle mass. Um, and uh, like I saw my physical health transform, right? So finally I was doing things the right way. And I also was still interested in starting a business. So. Um, like having my own business was like a dream, but I never could like realize it, you know, bring it into reality. Like there was always a lot of struggle and resistance. Um, 
so yeah, I was I was kind of experimenting and working on the business side of that as well. And I was thinking, okay, I will start a practice here in Belgium. And I basically partnered up with a doctor, a medical doctor, MD. And she gave me like an, a free, like extensive blood panel. And the interesting part is that I didn't know my testosterone levels would also be checked uh, because doctors normally don't do that when you're in your 20s mm. or even 30s because they think, yeah, like it, it will be normal, you know. Uh, and what they consider normal is everything between like 200 and 900 nanograms, which is basically low testosterone and high testosterone are the same. <laughs> yeah. so it, it's, it's not normal, of course. Uh, those are not normal ranges. Well, it varies if you're a 100 years old guy who is dying, you know, and a 20 year old dude. So then 200 will be normal if you're almost at your end of your life. Anyway, so I got the next week the results back and I went to her and I saw uh, she had the paper version, the printed uh, version of the blood panels. And the first thing she asked was like, uh, are you on steroids? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not on steroids. Why, why do you ask? So she she shows me the, the blood work that the testosterone was like, absurdly high like above like physiological like normals you know <laughs> and uh, i actually was thinking it would still be low um although i never checked my levels when i came back and i should have done that so i really regret it now um because you know if you're low t you don't do these things you're lazy <laughs> uh, so i'm like all right uh, this is quite cool and I didn't really connect the dots uh, that testosterone was related to all my problems or like the bulk of them um, but it planted the seeds and I was quite curious in what this hormone stands for because for me it was only like muscle mass and getting erections, you know, like a sex drive. <laughs> so, but not many people realize that it's um, important for like all metabolic functions and uh, that you're like, have, that you have a stable mind and that you are not depressed all the time or uh, that you don't swing by these emotional um, waves, you know, that you stand still by them. Uh, so I started researching and then I came to this um, very popular um, study of um, metabolism and endocrinology, the journal of that. And it stated that there is like this population level decline in testosterone, uh, which means that the person now has like 40 to almost 50% reduction uh, in uh, this day and age from the 19. 80s right uh, and this makes completely sense and then i s connected the dots that oh everyone has low testosterone it's like worldwide problem and um it also affected me you know especially on a vegetarian vegan diet and then also on a standard diet that everyone in the west lives on with a lot of grains or a lot of fiber 
that really causes um, yeah poor androgen health <clears throat> so I finally connected the dots uh, like right after my blood work and then I started basically developing skills uh, because I couldn't write, I couldn't explain things. Uh, English, I was fluent in talking English, but not in writing and uh, making structured sentences and marketing and all these kinds of things that you have to basically master a bit when you want to start a business or develop one. So I was just sitting on my laptop writing, uh, learning how to write. Uh, and I learned a lot, you know, just by trying trial and error, uh, started then my first group coaching in December of last year, 2020. Uh, and I loved it so much that I kept continuing. Uh, and there was demand for it. So um, I kept going and going and optimizing my course. Um, and like this, we met uh, and I also like connected with many other people through Instagram, which is quite interesting. Uh, and now we are recording a, a podcast, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> we most certainly are. Um, for the listeners, uh, I first met Dobrynia um, back in, I want to say February this year. Yeah, February, March. Yeah, and uh, Greater, <laughs> Myth, Greater Myth, shout out to him. Um, you, you had an article that talked about not accepting anything, any form of weakness in your life, but a picture of Pixie and Gracie. Um, and Greater Myth uh, shared that article, so shout out to him. And uh, I liked it, and I was like, oh, this is good. So I give you a follow, and I saw your story. And you're talking about how to naturally boost testosterone. So I messaged you, and I said, what method do you use to boost testosterone? And you're like, I have many. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll bite. And um, sort of scheduled a a one-on-one -on -one call, 15 minutes, you know, through your, through your link tree. And uh, you told me a bit of your story, and you figured out that we had a, a congruent skill set. Um, yours with nutrition and testosterone boosting, and balancing all the other supporting cast hormones of testosterone. And I said, well, with that, um, I have an extensive strength and conditioning and mental toughness background um, through my various training history, and training with old-time strongmen, training with. Uh, kettlebell experts training with strength and conditioning coaches for sprinters, for fighters, um, Soviet weightlifting system, Joel Jameson, a, a number of a number of things that would greatly benefit from nutrition because my my background in learning nutrition, you know, for seven years, I think the extent of it was just macronutrients. You know, gotta eat this much protein to get jacked, but <laughs> <laughs> it, w it wasn't a there wasn't really any proper literature that I had encountered on naturally boosting testosterone. And you saw all the supplements out there, and I didn't, I didn't know much about the quote-unquote testosterone supplements and injections. I just knew I didn't want my, my system to be reliant on something like that because it didn't, didn't seem right to me. Um, and to the listeners, my first you know, proper meeting with Dobrynia, I learned more about testosterone in an hour than I had for about seven years. And then I started to look around at the other fighters I'm around, and like actually this just this past Friday, uh, in the gym, you know, there's a lot of Filipino people in my gym. They're talking like, yeah, Filipino foods, 
terrible for you. It's all that, all that saturated fat with the carbs. I'm like, oh, it's actually good for you. Like, saturated fat is essential for building testosterone. Like, yeah, but it's still bad for you. I'm like, man, even people knee deep in the fighting world have absolutely no clue about how to boost your testosterone. And I said, well, that that needs to become somewhat of a, of a mission statement for us. And it, it started as a business. Uh, they're joining forces of business, but it kind of became this passion project to to get to, re- to return men to society by boosting their testosterone. Yeah, and and we really see like today, man. I was I went to Bruges, and just if you look at the average man, it's it's really like horrible. It's a pity, you know, uh, how how they look like with chicken necks and like very small biceps and no spine <laughs> come yeah. on <laughs> yeah i mean you're kind of i mean when i walk into places i kind of feel like this murderer amongst like a bunch of people i could just you know easily snap in half it's strange like i don't i don't actually like thinking that way because it's like it's yeah I don't know, it's like the year 1200, like, oh, okay, I'm the biggest guy in here. But it feels good thinking that way, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it feels good knowing that you have that. That you can do that, yeah. That you can, but it doesn't feel good that, you know, like, your fellow man is just struggling and they have absolutely no clue. And worse than that, they're sort of pushing agendas without really knowing that is further crippling their fellow man. That's That's the really upsetting part. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's somewhere upsetting, but it leaves a lot of opportunity for us then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, man's got to eat. I mean, that's, that's it's, it's a great business model for us, but I feel like we're also doing the world a service, thankfully. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, I mean, there, there are like a lot of men that are struggling, but that are still woke, like I was, you know? Like, I know there is something going on, but you don't really know what it is. And you're looking for an answer, you know. You're you're like, I'm not really okay the way I am. I want to be at my peak potential. What do I do? And then you start researching, you know, uh, until you bump on to something. You try it out and you see if it's helpful or not. And then you either go the to something else or you start cultivating that thing that you found. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and there are a lot of men like this. So that, that's a very good thing. That's that's the white pill after the black pill, to say the least. Um, <laughs> I mean, so then then is the T pill, man. <laughs> the T pill. I mean, the solar. Pill. The high T pill. The grounding pill. Shout out to the grounding <laughs> athlete. Um, a lot of pills that we're pushing, but they're a good kind of pills, guys. Um, to people, to the listeners, I mean, I think a lot of people who would initially hear your story would have a lot of cognitive dissonance, like, there's no way, I mean, so you, you, you boosted your testosterone levels to what exactly, like in the 1400s, right, correct? Yeah, first time was uh, 1478, so that's almost 1500, uh, like, when I look a bit at the testosterone sphere, on Twitter and Instagram, the highest that I found was 1,200. And this is not to brag, I think my body reacted in such a response to being um, uh, on a vegetarian, vegan, no lifting uh, lifestyle, 
that I got like overcompensation, okay? Um, however, like three months later, I tested again and it was a thousand and eighty uh, and that was in November when there was no sunlight and no avail like availability to go to the gym. So you see also how context and how the seasons um, affect your hormones. Uh, but still high enough to not have any depression, to have the energy to uh, write 10 ebooks in like three months, you know, um, <laughs> and to, yeah, to build a business. So that was the first winter time, except for Ecuador winter, which was not. That was during winter time, but not winter because it's always summer there. Uh, yeah. But last summer it was the first winter time in Belgium where I didn't had any sign of depression or like feeling weak, you know, or lethargic or something. Um, and before I always had it. I always had like depression or uh, extreme fatigue and yeah like being a student of course you're studying hours and hours and hours uh, of course that contributes to that as well <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah like um, being at the place where you have abundant energy uh, abundant um, like motivation as well so many say like oh you don't feel motivated you have to be disciplined uh, but actually most of the time I feel motivated so uh, maybe motivation will drop in the late afternoon or evening uh, but mostly I start the day with like being very motivated to do things um, and that's then being dopamine driven and not like um, yeah having low dopamine or elevated serotonin that's then the brain chemistry behind it um, so yeah uh, high testosterone <laughs> what was the question again uh, so it, basically uh, what we're asking is for the listeners I think maybe if, if you want to talk about sort of step by step like how you began to feel like what uh, yeah. without, without cannibalizing your business to be perfectly frank like what, what were some of the big key game changer foods that you started to see this gradual difference going from yeah. losing your hair probably being around 300 yeah yeah um, excellent, excellent question so i i observed it and this is totally my observation and from my experience <laughs> never never saw someone else talking about that so uh the first thing that changed was really all physical aspects uh this means better sleep um, no, no hair loss, um, easily building muscle. Um, what else? Yeah, having high energy levels and having very good circulation. So testosterone uh, naturally increases the enzyme nitric oxide synthetase, which makes uh, nitric oxide NO, which dilates your blood vessels. Um, so having cold hands and feet is like a sign of poor circulation and testosterone plays a role in keeping you warm on on that level so that was quite interesting first physical changes and then i had like three months later more uh, mental changes uh, which basically means 
being yeah very motivated driven decision making ability increases uh, discerning ability also increases like all the all the aspects that you need for a hunt right a hunter needs to make like very fast decisions uh, needs to calculate how the um, like how outcome will be or how the circum like um, how do you say that yeah like how the, the circumstances will uh, roll out you know so all, all these cognitive mental aspects uh, then uh, enhanced as well uh, and I would say the final stage was like a bit maybe more spiritual and even like more personal uh, that you get like on track or you find something you, you build your own purpose or like the purpose is revealed to you that's more of a, a king archetype thing so the you have the the four archetypes from uh, Robert Moore uh, and the king archetype represents the state of being and in the state of being you basically can receive uh, like a mission or a purpose you know you you receive things you re you you receive things that show you uh, what you should do right like like things that unfold uh, in front of you and I don't know if that's related, but it's definitely you broke through a resistance and now you have, now you're on track, right? You have a path. Uh, and I see that also like as part of the journey. So uh, physical, mental, and then spiritual changes. Yeah, I think that's going to be increasingly encouraging to hear for the listener as well because the more details they hear about your transformation personally the more real they can become in their minds and the less they're looking at it as some far off external thing that they can never reach or isn't really real or they tell themselves isn't real so that's mm -hmm. certainly an issue that we see we see cognitive dissonance and you know people who haven't taken the red pill yet among other things so um it's going to be cognitive dissonance for people who haven't taken the tea pill, as you said. Um, it's, 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 it's interesting to me, and it's not a coincidence that it starts physically. And in work that you and I have written in ebooks and work we've done in testosterone group coaching, we talk about this. We talk about how, you know, I mean, on a side note, when it comes to sort of the mental toughness aspect that I've covered in. Um, in our group coachings, it's really has to do with you know, pushing oneself past their, their, their possibilities and their, the frontier of themselves, basically living on the edge of themselves. But not only that, um, being able to perform well when you don't have access to good food or when you're sleep deprived. Not that I have any experience with that at all, ever. Um, and I joke, I joke with the with the putting it because when him and I met, I was doing overnight security, commuting two hours each way, uh, barely making it by. I was malnourished and I was sleep deprived. Um, and what the only things I could really do were shadow box, use the soapy weightlifting system because I didn't have enough sleep or food to fully recover the muscular system. So I was using primarily the central nervous system and. Uh, grounding, that was the one thing. Then I started to, with the little money I had, I started um, switching to foods that the video recommended, and I also saw a great benefit for that as well. But 
to end that side note, we talk about in our testosterone coaching how it starts physically. You have this sort of foundation to advance yourself mentally. You start to see the clarity of thought. You start to see uh, more intensity. You start to see um, any depression is gone, lethargy is gone, um, and you're sort of naturally, excuse me, you're naturally motivated. Um, so you can still instill discipline, but you can have that fire and fuel of motivation just chemically behind it. Um, and then this, the, the physical and the mental gives way to the spiritual. And when you know the spiritual, you can actually, we discuss this sort of narratively, the final frontier cycles, chemical and boosted testosterone. You see the physical changes, you see the mental changes, and you see the spiritual changes. And when you're grounded enough for proper spiritual development, then you start to see the final frontier of masculinity, which we call narrative. And what I mean by that is, and the introduction um, to your book on testosterone uh, talks about this, and the ebook that came out today, um, The Fall of Testosterone and Hard Rock, discusses this in the very beginning. How, when you're fully attuned in the first four areas, chemically, physically, mentally, and spiritually, you actually fully connect with what Joseph Campbell called the hero's journey. You're much more aware on the journey you're on as a man, your, your cycles of development. So then you're narratively restored. And this, this very strange disconnect that I discuss with you about how people could see your journey and, and feel disconnected from it, this disconnect that men feel, uh, but at the same time connection when they watch a great film that's very high and thumos, um, when they read a book uh, of a hero's journey, there's this, as men, we have this visceral relationship to it. Like we see ourselves in it, it's a mirror, we don't feel far apart. But then we go back into this sort of matrix-rooting society and we say, oh, oh that's, that's not really life, you know, you have to get a nine-to-five job and, you know, steady and support and then get a couple of vacation weeks and then die. Um, but narratively, you start to become attuned with what your actual mission is. And this starts, um, you, you can do this without boosting your testosterone, I certainly have just through sheer will, but um, you're going to be a far more complete human being if you start once more chemically, physically, and mentally, spiritually, and narratively. And Ed, you're, you're a prime example of that dependent. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's what you say, it starts with the physical because that houses, right, the, like the physical, how, how do they say it, the, the body is the mind, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and the, your meat suit is like the vessel of your soul and spirit. <laughs> so, yeah, if you... If you are made of garbage, then of course your thoughts and your connection will be garbage. But uh, maybe in some um, uh, some exceptions, right? Always. Uh, but if you if you're yeah made of like clean material that conducts, then everything kind of runs smooth, like flows. So help. I I, be, I really believe like health equals wealth and then wealth is not just the material but also how like your um state of being right like how how rich how enriched your mind is and how enriched your life is um so yeah the health and the physical component that's where it all starts i believe and if 
And this is also the thing, many many are stuck in like having, uh, thinking that mantras and affirmations uh, will work to reprogram the subconscious. Uh, but what I say, it's not about thinking, it's about doing. So if you do something and you see the result, like if you if you write your first ebook and you see the first downloads coming in or your first like 10 bucks, you know, that gives like, that reprograms your subconscious because now you did something in the physical matrix. You, you, you brought something into reality and that changes your inner reality. So it's actually how I see it, it's like the totally opposite approach. Don't change your inner state of mind, change things in the physical matrix and that will change your inner state of mind. Um, and also change your physical body, like harden it, like train it, uh, and not only train it in like, oh, let's go to the gym, but can you run barefoot for like a long time? Can you hike for a long time with a backpack on your back? Can you do train strength, strength endurance, like um, a martial arts, for example? Uh, all, all these things, can you train balance, can you be in a pose that requires uh, to persist through pain because you're stretching or releasing painful uh, points in your body, you see it's uh, all, all of it should be kind of trained in um, in equal amounts a bit to really uh, develop uh, that connection. Uh, between mind and body and creating a better like stronger foundation for the mind and the spirit uh, so yeah that's uh, what I have to say about that <laughs> yeah I mean when it comes to I, I think a, a lot of things I mean one of the main lessons I've learned in the past year is that a lot of things are bi-directional and I, I advocate for priming the mind it's what I would call be in alignment, like your words, your actions, your thoughts, they should all be in alignment. And I think they can influence each other, but I think it is, so it's, I feel like, yeah, people either get too wrapped up in mindset or too wrapped up in physical aspects and then be the other one to go, but I think they both help each other, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, like if the, if the physical is well built, but then your mind starts to wander and you adjust your mind, then like your physique is also improving. Or your energy levels are improving or yeah absolutely in terms of specifics um you have you have a, a multitude of very informative ebooks um you know i know being an editor obviously but having the opportunity to read them all um i think some of the the really eye-opening titles um were I, th I think maybe a concept you'd like to touch upon is food being medicine because while we're talking about all these foods, you know, healing your testosterone, healing your pain, like I think we just sort of further discuss how food isn't supposed to be fuel, it's actually medicine. Like <laughs> all these, if you, if you look at, I, I discussed this with, um, I can't exactly remember which podcast I discussed this on, but uh, in the 1920s, um, when John D. Rockefeller had standard oil trust busted by the US government, he tried to diversify his investments, and he went into medical. And he started coming out with the precursor to Big Pharma, which is petroleum-based medications. 
and then he bought a bunch of hospitals, and he completely had all the books on healing from natural remedies, so herbs and meats and things like this, to petroleum-based, and that's why you see big pharma, and you see a population that's sick and reliant on a business, which is the healthcare business. There, there, are, thing, there are other things like surgeries that are a different story, but in general, um, it's keeping people paying to be sick when they don't even know that food is medicine. So, would you care to further discuss that that truth? Yeah. So, we are gonna be sick, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will have something uh, that's like inevitable, and I don't know, but I think I believe it's like God's design to put like things on Earth that we can use and that's both like plants and uh, animals for our health um, the thing is what you said people are made sick so in my introductionary um, like story about me visiting this castle uh, people are basically made sick from birth you know we are exposed to so many toxins in the air, in the water, uh, in the clothes we wear, everywhere. And then of course all all of our food is kind of manipulated in one way or another. So it becomes quite a challenge to get uh, high quality food uh, that it's not that is not really processed nor like having um, additives to it. So naturally pure foods. Um, and yeah, the, these like this whole thing of eating something processed, and with processed, I also mean there is something sprayed on it. So it's maybe an apple, but it has pesticides on it. This all, of course, contributes to chemical imbalances in the body, to toxification. Okay, the body is naturally self. Healing, it cl it cleanses itself, but it needs stuff. It needs uh, like building blocks. It needs antioxidants. It needs enzymes um, to basically help clean itself. All right. So now, how do we how do we like use food as medicine regarding a person? Everyone is very individual, so everyone needs a different macro ratio, macronutrient ratio. Some people need more minerals than other people. So nutrition is actually very individual. So you can't say to everyone, just eat this, this, and this, and you will be healthy. There is, it's like more complicated. There are many, many layers to it. So knowing your constitution it becomes more easier to understand uh, what you need okay uh, for example um, something from uh, my own experience i developed an eye floater do you know what it is arthur no i do not okay so what is an eye floater it's basically a clump of collagen that floats inside your eye and then you see like either a black dot like a, they call it flies um, or you or you see strands of collagen floating in your eye 
And this can happen through various uh, reasons, for instance, trauma to the head. So if you are, uh, if you fall on your head or you, um, or you got kicked like uh, in, in boxing or something. So all, all of these things could contribute to eye floaters. Uh, what else? Uh, high, um, like being low in antioxidants and high in oxidants, so oxidative stress. Uh, and then also nutrient deficiencies. So um, people on vegan, vegetarian diets, plant-based diets uh, could have that uh, as well because of not sufficient protein and collagen and uh, minerals like zinc and stuff and vit vitamin A. Um, so I developed quite a few and I believe it's because of being so long on, uh, on the laptop working for many months uh, and I researched how I could fix it with food because the only option would be having like a surgical operation which I would never allow, like which I would never do on my eyes. Uh, and I found that having pineapple decreases these floaters because pineapple has this enzyme, bromelain, and that would like eat these uh, things away. Uh, there was also a whole Chinese medicine uh, aspect to it, uh, like with feeding the, the kidneys and the gallbladder and stuff. Uh, but that's like a her herbal formula that I've <laughs> never seen and I don't think I could get that. So I took the pineapple road and I'm juicing now one pineapple a day. And like after one week and after two weeks, I saw really a reduction in these floaters in my eyes. So I still have a few and they're diminishing and they're less irritating because I got really irritated by them. Um, and yeah, this is an example how food could like help you. And this is due to the enzyme content, the nutrients in it uh, that are kind of compatible with what you are having with like what disease are you having uh, there is a certain um, chemical cocktail in nature that will uh, cure that so um, it's about researching but especially knowing uh, your constitution in the first place and having foods to prevent uh, disease so this is a big thing. It's not really about eating what you want and then using stuff. Uh, if you get something, it's really already eating the medicines so you don't get the illness or disease or whatever. It's proactive as opposed to reactive, basically. Yeah, it's always like in Chinese medicine, you have these three or four ways of um, medicine. and. The highest form of medicine is not curing someone, it's actually preventing a disease. You see, so their highest standard is that if you go to an acupuncturist or herbalist, that he will do a therapy so you don't get that disease that you're maybe prone to have. That's the highest standard, prevention. So if somebody is like sick of cancer and comes to you and you basically help them, that's not the highest like form of medicine. It's the preventative part, which is quite awesome. 
so yeah, it's always better to prevent than to cure. Uh, and when you have a problem, it's worth investing time and energy into solving it on a natural way. Um, so then we have the whole thing also, you can go as far as you want, like there are these ancient systems, right, like um, Eastern medicines, Ayurveda and Chinese medicine, those are the most big ones. and. They work with the elements, and for every element, there is also a food. So, uh, for instance, if you want to have a better immune system, all kinds of white food are good for that. So, uh, let's give some examples of white food. We have, for example, white fish, right? White fish is extremely high in selenium zinc, which favors immune system. Uh, then we have mushrooms, which are also like white. Um, so white in the sense that they contain largely the color white. Uh, you have kind of oysters that are also categor uh, categorized as white, um, also very high in micronutrients, etc., etc. And then you have the thumos foods, like the the essence foods, and <laughs> these are these are mostly black, but they also could be white. So we have um, black ants. So Chinese medicine recommends uh, having ants, like a special type of ant. And ants are rich, so rich in zinc and ATP. They contain ATP, so the like molecular molecular energy carrier. Ants also do have um, a hormone, I believe ectosterone or something. Uh, it's an insect hormone that like favors muscle growth, etc. Um, so everything that's black, which could be black sesame seeds, seaweed, um, uh, various types of herbs like hoshu wood, which is also black, uh, chaga mushroom. Um, Charcoal, which is not really a food, nor a supplement, nor a herb, uh, but charcoal also contributes to longevity. Uh, propolis, which is shown to like uh, decrease uh, telomere uh, shrinkage. So telomeres are, are the end caps of your DNA strand. And uh, they found that beekeepers who like consume a lot of essence foods like bee pollen and honey and propolis, royal jelly, they have longer telomeres than um, people who don't do that. So you see, like, all of these uh, foods can then be categorized into certain um, elements, and elements correspond to certain organs. And like this, you can do diagnos diagnosis and treatment and uh, recommendations as well. Uh, for instance, if you are more of a liver type, then you will need to... <laughs> nourish the, the kidney yin essence, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's best to get like someone who understands this stuff, like a Chinese medicine practitioner. And then of course, always including the, the organ meats because they are the most densest in, uh, in nutrients. And if you have like the bulk of your nutrition uh, from that, uh, and with nutrition, I mean like the B vitamins and fat-soluble vitamins, uh, minerals and trace minerals. Uh, then you can be like 
assured to have longevity and um, great health, you know, that's also preventative medicine. In terms of, I, mean, I remember the first time you explained the concept of essence food to me, because you, you were saying, Arthur, you're burning both ends of your essence candle, and I was like, cool, how do I add more wax to it? Uh, <laughs> because I wasn't, uh, wasn't about to stop living the way I was living. Um, what's the what's the process like i'm sure i mean because remember the first time i was editing one of your books um you talked about the, the chinese clock for, for food like you used a you used a chinese medicine clock and you applied it to nutrition like right now it's time for screen food now it's time for hard food um, yeah the solar eating solar exactly oh <laughs> uh, yeah I, remember, I think i messaged you at 11 a.m and i was like it's time for screen food um but take take me through sort of what the restoration of, of like essence is like is the slow process it is a long process yeah it's so long Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, well listen people think essence will be um like diminished uh, but many like practitioners say it's always first the chi that will diminish, and when you're very 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 low chi, you will start to pull out out of essence. Uh, so for the listeners who <laughs> are like scratching their back of their heads, <laughs> um, like essence energy is like your foundational energy, um, which will tell you how long you will live and this diminishes with age um, so essence is related to uh, basically lifespan and then we have chi or like biological energy which we make uh, every day and uh, which which fluctuates of course uh, so essence doesn't fluctuate it it is there and it diminishes and you have two forms of essence you have prenatal essence and postnatal essence so the prenatal essence is basically what you get from your parents and that cannot be changed so if you have weak genetics it's because of poor essence um, and then the only thing you could do is really kind of feeding your postnatal essence and your uh, your chi levels your energy levels uh, but if you have normal essence um, then like it's not really about feeding it it's really first about also preventing so i would say um i i, I talked about the candle right so the best thing i could describe the the essence is the wax or the wax is the essence energy and then the the candle flame is the chi so basically we are gonna age right everyone is going to die it's not really possible to add wax to the candle that would be cheating <laughs> uh, but it is possible to manipulate the the flame all right and if you have continuously a very high flame which of course burns a lot of wax a lot of essence uh, because you do drugs because you don't sleep because you overtrain so 
I, I believe like MMA fighters, uh, they you can see that their essence, their chi is so abundantly uh, because they train until exhaustion and they have to if you're a pro athlete, uh, but that you basically pay for that with essence you it's it's a sacred sacrifice you sacrifice uh, longevity and i believe any big athlete has then kind of a health problem later like that they start aging faster and we could, can see this as well like the mitochondria if they are pushed too hard they start like uh, aging faster uh, but having like a moderate lifestyle so sleeping enough uh like not being a fat addict um eating well not overtraining like all of these things contribute to preserving essence and then you have like essence foods which basically nourish you that postnatal essence um and that contributes to longevity I'm sure of that. That's like basically trying to diminish the damage done of just aging. Um, and that's what, how I see it um, and how I learned it, how you can basically feed your essence. It's basically not really adding to it. It's basically slowing or making the wax like tougher so the flame can burn, but it doesn't burn that fast, you know? um so yeah i hope that explains your uh, your question it absolutely I mean, especially for someone like myself who had years of being underfed um you know my teenage years like years of being underfed and never getting very good sleep and to, to being a fighter and redlining myself like it's uh it's definitely something i need to focus on yeah um I mean, because I'm certainly not going to stop fighting. Like that's, you, know, you might as well just put me out the pasture, honestly. Um, at least at this age. Uh, I'm only 26. It's, it's, good to, it's good to know these, these concepts and be able to map these out in the mind. Um, <laughs> I think people may have a, had an eyebrow raise at the black ant because of the bug man meme, but... Um, not going to be in place of things like organ meats and animal fat and yeah. raw dairy. I really don't understand how they <laughs> make a powder of ants, <laughs> but <laughs> they yeah. do it. So, yeah. Um, so you can like I remember you telling me uh, you're trying to get me to come out to a to a farm in Spain when I was eating for training. You're like, Arthur, you need to restore your essence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the, the restoration of essence takes a long time. It takes like a year, two years, what? Well, <clears throat> I'd, like, it's a continuous, it's like a continuous um, progress, you know? It's the same thing like you training for being an athlete, a fighter. It's like ongoing. Um, the thing is, I believe if you do amounts of deep rest, you know, um, it's it's personal. You have to really start like being in tune and what your body needs, uh, and not directly listening to what I say. Because if you if you start like maxing on black ant, for example, 
first of all, you can't, you cannot max on that, right? Um, and second, you have to have a diagnosis of like a Chinese medicine uh, professional. So they will take your pulse and then see, oh, uh, it's actually not an essence problem, it's more of a chi problem. So then you're a bit safer. Uh, because if like we we are young and we are robust, we can handle a lot of things. Um, so it's really if you have like a major injury or a major trauma or that you like are sleep deprived for years, um, that you can yeah get these uh, like diminishing in in essence in Pumu's energy. Uh, but yeah, like getting a diagnosis first is what I would do, and then applying the principles. Uh, of course, like listen to the practitioner what he recommends. Uh, but yeah, like something, just something like royal jelly and other bee products like bee pollen and um, propolis, they can be consumed like almost on a daily basis and that will feed uh, essence uh, and they are like good essence builders because like other herbs are a bit aggressive and that's also you can't like generalize every uh, herb even they have like same attributes, it's always a different context you use them in um so it's again very personal uh so yeah getting a diagnosis and then uh, changing lifestyle and getting some extra aid in from either herbs or like animal products uh, that that would do it i think that's going to be very beneficial for the listener uh, before we go um I had two, uh, two questions, I think, for their sort of uh, buzzwords. Um, one, I'm sure there's the, uh, you wrote a book on lion fang and hair restoration with testosterone, and it sort of debunks um, some common mis uh, misconceptions about hair loss and hair growth. Um, just care to give the listener a taste of what they might uh, read in that ebook. Yeah. Yeah, so... <clears throat> It's a bit strange that they um, point to DHT as the main cause of like um, male pattern baldness and other um, kinds of hair loss. So if you take someone who is in the prime of his life, let's say a Chad, he's 25, high T, high DHT, has like glorious hairs, like big lines made on his head. So good hormones and a lot of hair. And then you take a guy who is middle age, let's say 55, and he's balding. Obviously, Loti has a belly. Uh, and even though they train and eat healthy, they get hair loss. So is it really uh, testosterone, DHT related? Well, no, uh, it's related to stress um, to, we, we live in a very stressful environment I found studies that show that EMFs so electromagnetic fields from phones and airpods and 
um, laptops, they damage DNA helixes, uh, they contribute to calcification, which is also um, a cause of hair loss. Uh, they increase uh, scalp tension, so if you're in a stressed state, uh, the tension in your scalp will become higher, and I believe that's due to calcification. So, um, calcium, you probably notice from exercise physiology, if you contract a muscle, that's calcium, right? Calcium is binding. And then when you relax the muscle, then there is calcium reabsorption and a magnesium, um, magnesium kicks in to relax. So calcium is contraction and your scalp is basically a layer of muscle with hair follicles. So if you calcify chronically, if you have that chronic calcium efflux uh, in the scalp, then you're with permanent uh, tension, muscle tension. So what happens then, oxygen decreases. This means there is a stressed metabolism in the scalp, in the hair follicles. And this leads to lower thyroid uptake higher serotonin levels, because serotonin is the main neurotransmitter for contraction. 95% of serotonin is made in the gut, not to make you feel good, but to make you shit, right? So serotonin basically contracts the gut, but it also contracts blood vessels. So you get poor circulation to the, to the head, to the hair follicles. Estrogen as well, it's an oxygen robber, so if you have higher estrogen levels, uh, you won't oxygenate cells. And if there is no oxygen, cells cannot make, uh, produce energy, and they do, cannot grow, so hair follicles cannot produce hair. And then you also have uh, DHT that rises. Why does it rise? Because it's counteractive. DHT is like your your warrior hormone that wants to protect you. Um, so we see a rise in DHT according to the rise in these stress hormones and not DHT is just a symptom. It's, it's a symptom, uh, it's not a root cause. Uh, so from this physiology, physiological standpoint, we address uh, the main root causes in lion's mane. I think that's a book that a lot of people are going to want to read, even if they're not experiencing hair loss, because maybe they can further boost their aesthetics accordingly. Um, and the last question I had, um, this, this is for the listeners who are in a tough spot financially, but want to boost their testosterone. If you, if they could only choose three foods um, to live off of, what would you grab? Oh, uh, so... <clears throat> Um, so you're on a budget and you have to buy food that's the question right mm -hmm. regarding testosterone um, organ meats so this can actually be quite uh, cheap or even for free if you know like a local butcher because most butchers will throw it away um, yeah, just make sure it's like 
decent quality. Uh, I know this, the standards in the States are different than here, uh, but here it's quite easy to even get like organs in supermarkets. Um, but yeah, quality-wise, it's not the best, but it's still okay. And it's way, uh, like it's affordable than quality meat. Uh, so all kinds of organs all kinds of organs um, a good carb source which could be white rice potatoes honey and fruits um, vegetables you don't really need but I would still include some um, and preferably like juices that's really nice so you don't get too much fiber um, yeah and eggs definitely eggs well there you have it folks <laughs> <laughs> um, for all the listeners um, the Brynne and I are doing quite a bit of work for it's, it's, it's the restoration of men um, starting with testosterone like you said physically mentally spiritually and narratively um we have a testosterone group coaching that you can all join um where we basically take you through all the principles of nutrition sleep testosterone hormones training uh, mental toughness so you can apply those to your life um if you want more specific programming tailored to your given circumstances and goals we do two-on-one coaching where I handle the training and he handles the nutrition um, and among other things having to do with testosterone. Um, there's an immense amount of ebooks that Dobrin has written that are very informative, uh, the, some of the contents of which that we cover during the course of this podcast. Um, and today we have a sort of joint Blood and Rain books, uh, Primal Thrive ebook, um, which is kind of a fun read called The Fall of Testosterone Hard Rock. Uh, the opinion I mentioned earlier that since the late 80s, uh, testosterone levels in the Western world have diminished. And when he told that to me, I noticed a pattern with the disappearance uh, further and further of hard rock music in Western society. Um, so it's fun read discussing that, um, discussing how that could potentially be corrected and uh, masculine music of the future. Um, so that can be purchased on the Golden Rain books, Gum Road. Um, so take a look at both their gum roads for content like that, Primal Thrive and Blood and Rain. Uh, Brynia, thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks, man. See you next time. Looking forward to it. Until next time, folks, good night and good storms. Thank you. <laughs>